When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture and reform movement. I'm your host Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, entering its 27th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Christina Garcia, the Chief Executive Officer of Women Grow, who will be joining me in about one minute. For countless millennia, men dominated most societies, and while that has been changing here in the last century or so, it remains painfully evident that there is still much balancing to do if we are to correct the inequality in our society. The racial and gender injustice that has taken place over the centuries has been so pervasive that it would be impossible to measure, and recent events indicate that there are still alarming obstacles to any form of level playing field for women and people of color, still facing things such as lower pay and limited benefits, if any, and an entrenched white male old boys club. But the cannabis industry is creating fertile soil for reform with startup projects including ventures that offer business and software technology, accounting services, legal services, human resources, training, marketing, PR, and security. And there are plenty of women both ready and capable of leading the way. With the emergence of new industries that are being established from the ground up, such as the cannabis industry, there might, hopefully, 
be unique opportunities to infuse a more balanced playing field where people are advanced based upon their performance and qualifications, regardless of their race or gender. There are also some signs that progress is being made and that gender-neutral working environments may be achievable in the cannabis industry sooner than later. New Frontier Data, in partnership with Women Grow, has released a report titled Diversity in Cannabis, Perspectives on Gender, Race, and Inclusion in Legal Cannabis. The report looks at a broad range of perspectives on issues ranging from the reasons for joining the cannabis industry to experiences with gender and racial discrimination. The survey indicates that 30% of the respondents reported that women occupied all positions of ownership at their companies, and 57% report working for companies where at least half the ownership are women. Fortunately, I have someone with me today who can speak to these issues much better than I can. Founded in 2014 in Denver, Colorado, Women Grow is a for-profit entity that serves as a catalyst for women to influence and succeed in the cannabis industry. Women Grow says it was created to connect, educate, inspire, and empower the next generation of cannabis industry leaders by creating programs, community, and events for aspiring and current business executives. It seeks to accomplish those goals by producing professional networking events, local social events, regional education symposiums, and national speaking circuits where aspiring professionals can connect with current cannabis business leaders. Christina Garcia is the Chief Executive Officer at Women Grow and is a graduate of Cook College at Rutgers University. Christina joined Women Grow in 2015 as Director of Operations, where she worked closely with several departments, including HR and training, technology and customer support. Garcia is particularly interested in therapeutic applications of cannabis in the veteran community, and she's been so kind as to join me today to speak to you. Welcome, Christina, to Hemp Present. Thanks for having me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about some really important stuff about women in the cannabis space. My pleasure. Um, let's start off with how did Women Grow come into existence? How and why was the organization started? Sure. Jane West uh, and Jasmine Hupp, they founded Women Grow back in 2014. Jane was coming off of some interesting personal experiences out in Colorado. Jasmine uh, had participated in a few different networking organizations on the East Coast, and my understanding is that they met at a, one of the cannabis conferences that, that takes place, and they really liked each other, and they both recognized that there was a real great opportunity to get more women, not only as entrepreneurs um, and as leaders in business, but to take advantage of this new burgeoning opportunity within cannabis. Ashley Pasillo writes in the preface to her book, I think I've got her name right, Breaking the grass ceiling, even though the marijuana business has been promoted as a more welcoming environment for women compared to other male-dominated industries, women still have to fight to earn and maintain equality in the workplace. Several women who started companies in the early days have had to grapple to hold on to the very things they built. Is that something that you've seen in your work in the industry? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think there's different stages of that sort of problem. You can have uh, women business owners that come up with a brilliant idea, have come into the space, created massively successful programs and businesses, and then maybe in that process of expansion of uh, you know just normal growth of a company, you start developing boards, um, and now you've got more people that are influencing your business decisions. And in some cases, we've seen that additional leadership kind of come in and take over and in some sad instances, actually push the female founders or original leaders of those businesses out. Um, and so now it's more of, a, more of a male company than a female company. I think there's also been a lot of uh, strife around female-owned companies 
that are profitable and that are doing something that's very, you know, <laughs> at our core, we're here to make money. Um, and not all female businesses uh, are seen as um, really strong businesses. They're seen as softer or maybe they focus on advocacy or it's a nonprofit. But there are plenty of for-profit female businesses out there and those should get recognition and support as well. As I mentioned in my intro, your jointly produced report indicates that women may have majority ownership in 57% of cannabis businesses at this point. That's really significant and it bucks a, a trend. Why do you think that's happening? I think women are recognizing that this is a, an interesting space for them to get involved in. And it's on one hand, it's very risky. And on the other, it's no risk that is not already familiar to women. Uh, women already are looking at lots of different options in business, lots of different uh, types of businesses that they can start. But perhaps a woman who has been in the, uh, the finance field for many years she doesn't, she doesn't feel that she's being recognized for the quality of her work. Maybe she wants to go out on her own. And now there is a new and open space where ideally she is welcomed to come and start that business in a, in a new space. Um, I think we look at uh, areas of industry like tech as like that was the last new thing. And as we know now, um, based on some very uh, big stories that have come out, it's not always a very welcoming atmosphere for women or for female entrepreneurs to get involved in the tech space. So cannabis is new. Uh, there is a lot of mentality in sort of like the hippy dippy point of view where this is you know centric around um, a female plant and everything that is female is just naturally drawn to the space. But I think there's also just a lot of women that are eager to get involved in something, start their own business or make money with someone else with a really fun idea, and this is a new and safe space for them to come and do that. Touching on the hippy-dippy uh, connection, <laughs> uh, do you think it's possible that, that the, because of the nature of the beast that the cannabis culture uh, might be slightly more progressive uh, in some ways than traditional business culture? you think that could be a factor at all? I think the culture can be both a it boon probably and… probably goes both, both ways? Yes, Absolutely. I think that if you look, I mean, you know, Google marijuana or cannabis or weed and just look at some of the imagery that comes up and not all of it is really female friendly um, and not all of the places, you know, t think about your typical head shop. That's not exactly a place that I feel comfortable walking in and browsing. However, you've got new people coming into the space, cre recognizing that the typical head shop is not going to sell a, a lot of product. I think there's some statistics out there now that talk about females as consumers and specifically in the cannabis space, the female market is huge. And you're talking about super intelligent business women, multitasking moms. You know, there, there's people that do a lot that are very productive that are interested in this space and, and as a consumer, as a, as a business person and the culture does not always it's not that inviting. So I think then there's this kind of secondary culture that's developing that says we have to be more inclusive. We have to be more diverse. We have, in order to be successful in business, we have to include as many people from the community as possible. I want my product out and in, in, in as many in front of as many eyes as I can. Um, and so you've got 
the clinic in Colorado who's actually uh, working with us on our leadership summit coming up in February, if you look at their store design and how they've kind of catered to different types of consumers to make it a comfortable and safe space that you can walk into um, and ask questions and, and feel safe and all that, I think that's fantastic. And without that other type of culture, I don't think we would have had as many lessons um, that we could learn from. And so we can say, okay, that's definitely what we don't want to do. How do we focus on what we do want to do? It seems like some folks want to use kind of sexual market exploitation to promote cannabis in the same way, for example, that the alcohol industry would with supposed nurses in high heels and stockings and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, is there, a, is there a, a concerted consciousness to avoid alcohol-type marketing? I think that's, that's an interesting question. Um, there's, if you go to any cannabis conference, you'll undoubtedly run into booth babes that are trying to convince you to come in to see their stuff. Um, there was an incident a couple years ago um, with, uh, at, a, at a cannabis conference, and there was an after party, and there was uh, a woman that was like a human meat platter, the, like little pieces of roast beef on her body. And that was a, a big to do. Um, I think as more women enter the space, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get those ideas kind of, uh, you know, through the marketing channel, right? If you have a diverse leadership team that's engaged at every level of, of your brand and someone comes in with the idea of, you know, let's have some half naked chicks at the conference trying to get people into our booth if you have a female marketing lead, I think she might ask the question is like, is that going to be helpful? And is that going to encourage female consumers to come and look at our products? So I, guess, I think that goes back to making sure that your team is inclusive and, and, and all of that. Um, but I, the having women out there sexualized, I think is something that we have to approach cautiously because there's a, a few different things that are happening. One, we're seeing a lot of um, finally, a lot of consequences being paid for sexual harassment or assault claims. And when you promote sexuality in that type of way, where you're you know, using it to sell a product, the woman that is, quote unquote, being exploited may not feel that she is. This could be a business decision on, on her part, and she may be entirely comfortable with that particular role. And she's, you know, and she's doing this because she wants to. And I don't think that that woman um, should be, you know, looked down upon for making that choice. At the same time, there's plenty of other people that have the opposite view, that they don't feel comfortable with that. So I think as we kind of navigate these very new waters in the cannabis space, I think every decision that we have, we should take stock of what's happened in other industries before and try and learn from those lessons. And then also take into account, you know, read the room. Who are we trying to sell to, and how is this going to make them feel? My guest is Christina Garcia from Women Grow. We're going to take our first pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws. Here, a word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come right back with the rest of the show. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? 
At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Cannabis Radio with Christina Garcia from from Women Grow. Uh, Christina, after some initial very rapid growth, it was reported that Women Grow experienced a rocky patch a while back with a few of its chapters closing and some personnel changes. It's also been reported that things have really been turning around. In your words, is that accurate? What happened and, and how are things moving forward today? I mean, we're a startup, right? And we've got, what, three years under our belt? So I would expect that, yeah from a company that didn't exist to go literally in about 18 months from zero chapters to 45 chapters with no infrastructure. Yeah, I would think that was a bit rocky. Um, and right as we were you know, nearing that big expansion part, that's when I came to, to join as a part of Women Grow. And me being a person that loves logistics and planning, I, I was shocked and I was like, oh no, we got to figure all this out and like we're expanding, we're expanding. How do we keep doing this? And I think a, f- a few things happen. One, you're a new company. You're still trying to figure out what your product is. And, and also you're in a new space and there's a little bit of a wild west attitude where whatever sticks to the wall can fly. And that, that's not always the case. You may come up with a product today and then six months down the line, it needs to drastically change. And that's what we did. So, you know, we had 45 markets open throughout the U.S. and Canada. But if you really drill down, if you're not providing consistency in every single one of those markets each month, the community that Women Grow is here to serve is not getting what they need. And so we paused the program, put it on hold while we could figure out what it is that people want and how we could best provide that to them. Um, And with that contraction came a reduction in this, in the size of, um, or in the number of markets that we had. We wanted to make sure that we had the right people and we were in, we were operating in the right cities across the country. So then we reopened the program in May of this year. Um, and we went back up to about 20 markets 
And the markets that we have today are very strong. They're in major metro areas, and they're doing well. Speak, speaking of your opening markets, uh, what regions is Women Grow established in today? Where can interested women thinking of participating and getting involved hook up with you? How would they go about getting getting active? Yeah, so the best way to find a, a local Women Grow market is really just to go to the website. Go to womengrow.com. You can find your local events. You can also, if you're of an entrepreneurial mindset, if you'd like to start a market in your local city, you can submit an application there. You can also find us on all the social networks, and our handle is Women Grow. Uh, I recently had Rashawn Everett on the show. Rashawn founded Growing Talent and the Greenwood Project, uh, both in an effort to assist people of color in achieving, achieving investment and ownership in cannabis-related businesses. I know it's not your exact focus, but is Women Grow involved in any projects to address the racial inequities that, according to the new Frontier Data Report, have not quite made the same advancements that women have in the cannabis industry? Yeah, this is a huge problem. Um, I think not, you know, it's a huge problem for the industry. It's also a huge problem just for society, right? You've got people that are currently being marketed as huge success stories for taking a chance on cannabis and, and making some money, Um, and having successful businesses. At the same time, you've got people that if they came up with that idea 10 years ago and they happen to be not white, they're probably sitting in jail or they could have been arrested for that same idea. And that doesn't make sense. Um, So this is a huge problem. Women Grow um, tries to host and and engage the conversation. So uh, as an example, you know, I think one of the, to reference your earlier question about having a rocky start, I think the idea of women grow and getting women involved in business, I think that's fantastic. When you have a lot of women that are all the same color coming together and sharing ideas, that's great, but it could be better. And one of the problems that women grow had early on is that you would go to a meeting and if you were not white, you might not look like anyone else in that room. And that's not always the most welcoming experience to an organization or to an industry. If you look at uh, the attendees, the speakers and the contributors to our conference, both last year and we started announcing some of the team for this year for our leadership summit coming up, you can see that we're taking that seriously and diversity inclusion starts with your actions. You can talk about it a lot. You can, and it goes for, you know, women businesses too. It's like, you know, we are a a woman owned business or we have women on our team. If you're using the same person all the time as a token, that doesn't mean that you're, that you have a diverse and inclusive workforce. That just means that you're just putting that person up on a pedestal because it looks good. You have to, you have to walk the walk, right? So on our team, we took that seriously. We had a leadership change. We have people on our team now that are from all sorts of different types of backgrounds and communities. And when we are looking for contributors to big events and we have our market leaders in their cities doing this for their local events, look for people that represent all aspects of the community. Make sure that you have representation from different backgrounds that are speaking or contributing to whatever your event is. God, there's just so many fronts to push forward on in the cannabis yeah. uh, movement. It's 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 baffling sometimes. I'm so proud of all the efforts that are being made in so many directions at one time. Uh, Christina, 
what would you say makes Women Grow stand out from some of the other women-powered cannabis-centric groups in the movement? Uh, what would you think uh, it is about your organization that makes Women Grow unique? I think we've been around for for a bit of time now, and it's good to see that there's other you know female-centric groups popping up. One of the things that I've always thought about Women Grow is that we want to be a resource for you. And what that means is not that Women Grow provides everything to you, but that Women Grow can point you in the right direction. You know, our first tenant is to connect people. And if you come to me and you say you're looking for something very specific and I don't have that, I can I can direct you to the right person that does have that. Um, and I think that's really important to make sure that we've got people coming to us, seeing us as a safe space, seeing us as a resource and, and knowing that we don't have to provide every single thing to them. How does Women Grow work? Say there's somebody listening who's in a, a city that would like to start a chapter and like to represent Women Grow. How would, how would, that, how would that go about? Sure. So if you go to womengrow.com, you can click on the Start a Local Community button. And it's a simple application, but it's going to go through quite a few bits of information. We're going to find out where you're from, what you want to do with Women Grow, what sort of educational opportunities you think you can provide your community, what connections you have to make sure that you know the right people and that you can make this into a, a good production. Um, but also that you want to do this for us for a while. We don't want you to come on board, have one event, and then disappear. We want to make sure that you join our local community, but then you you stick around. Um we, when we changed the program uh, this year, it is now a license agreement model. So you literally are licensing the Women Grow brand. And we've seen a lot of success in women-owned businesses that want to, that are starting something new and they want to promote themselves or their new company. This is a really great way for you to use the Women Grow brand. You're a Women Grow market leader. You represent Women Grow in whatever city or, or region. And that puts you in front of a lot of folks. And that really help gives you an opportunity to promote yourself and your brand. And that's why we want to make sure that you're the right folk for us. We want to make sure that you adhere to our code of conduct, that you understand our mission and values, and that you want to promote those to your local community. You, uh, we've got about a little over two minutes. You personally are interested in therapeutic applications for cannabis in the veterinary community. Um, yeah. Could you talk about that? Sure. So I act well when I went to school, I went to school to be a veterinarian. Um, and through lots of you know, detours, I, I never did that. Um, but I did become a veterinary technician. And I just I've always had a passion for just animal care. I worked on a cattle farm for a while. And I run a pet sitting company. Um, so I'm always around animals. And a lot of the medications that veterinarians use on pets um, are used off-label. And basically what that means is that the, those medications have been tested most often for human use for very specific conditions. They happen to also be therapeutic in other conditions in animals, but there's been very limited testing, and it's not supported by the manufacturer of that drug. So using something off-label may be totally fine. But in other instances, I think there's there's alternative treatments that we could try. I really want to see some more testing being done on the uses of cannabis and pets. I think there's some very interesting 
um, anecdotal evidence that it does a lot, not just in palliative care, but in cancers and rec- and recovery. Um, and I would love to see more studies done. And it's just really hard because we're not allowed to do that. So I really, I, I'm looking forward to being an advocate for changes in the laws, both at the state level and at the federal level, so that we can do some more studies for humans too. Not that I, I love people too. <laughs> but, I, but I think we can do a lot in the, in the veterinary community. Agreed. It is time for our second break to hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers. Uh, I am not done talking to Christina Garcia from Women Grow. We'll be right back for our final questions in just a minute. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We are back for the final question for Christina Garcia from Women Grow. Uh, Christina, what are the plans for the future of Women Grow? What is your vision for the organization down the road? Okay, we have so much. It's so exciting. Um, so it's it's been a very bu- busy year for us, and we've been through a lot of change and transition. And I think we're evolving as a company, uh, not only just because we're learning a lot from the past few years, but we've also got some really, really clever people, both on our headquarters team, out in our markets, and folks that are joining us as advisors. We have some really exciting announcements coming at the end of December. So please, please, please make sure that you're on the Women Grow mailing list so you can hear about those things firsthand. But I think the biggest thing that we're focused on right now is our leadership summit coming up February 1st and 2nd in 2018, taking place in Denver, Colorado. We do this every year. Every year it is always amazing. It's uh, one day of TED-style lightning talks. 
And so what I love about those are not only are they just really great uh, opportunities for everybody to listen to other people's experiences, but to really understand that these are not all success stories. Some of them are failure stories, but I think in telling those stories of failure, you're also teaching others about how to rebound from any mistakes or, or hiccups in the road. So listening to those talks, we've got some amazing folks that are coming out this year. Really, really fantastic stuff. And then on Friday, we have panels and we have workshops. And this year, we're also adding in a new track called Experiences, a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more engaging content that you can actually participate in. And, and sometimes it's an activity. So I think we've, we've got a ton of stuff um, coming up. And it's, we've got stuff about business, we've got stuff about female sexuality and cannabis, we've got stuff about parents, um, we're talking about opioids and, and how they relate to cannabis. So I think there's a lot of, of really good content for anybody that's interested in business, man, woman, whatever you identify as. But then also, I think there's some very, very um, critical topics that a lot of conferences maybe aren't discussing but Women Grow isn't afraid to go there. Christina Garcia, womengrow.com. I could talk to you for an hour, but unfortunately we don't <laughs> have that much time. Thank you so much for being on Hemp Present. It's been great speaking with you, and I wish you all the best in your endeavors. Thank you so much, Vivian. My pleasure. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com, and that's the quote of the week, and here it is. Men, their rights, and nothing more. Women, their rights, and nothing less. Those are the words of American social reformer and women's rights activist Susan B. Anthony. That concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plant, is performed by Stickerbush, sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.